You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. It's more like, yeah, they're not here. Leave a track. Let's go. You don't really want them to answer the door because you're scared for numerous reasons. There could be a lot of different reasons why you would be afraid of talking to someone about Jesus. You know, if, what if you're going around talking about your favorite sports team and just looking in your neighborhood for who's the camaraderie for, you know, if you're a Vikings fan. You're just like, hey, you got a Vikings fan? No, you're a Packers fan? Okay, I'm going to leave and dust, the, dust off my feet you know, before I walk off your driveway. We would be maybe more inclined to do that, but even that's scary. Because talking to people that you don't know, sometimes scary. Sometimes fearful. That's why a lot of people don't have a lot of friends, maybe, because it's hard to meet new people. But when it comes to our spiritual lives, fear is a hindrance to us enacting upon that. Fear either of not doing it well enough, right? If, I mean, to get up here and preach, like I said, my fingers were freezing cold. Because nerves, you know, I was nervous. I could get up here and be really afraid that I'm just going to drop a bomb. And everyone's just going to be out there and go, woof. Pastor, that might be the last time you want him coming up there. I could be afraid of that. I could be afraid of just not being able to do it at all. Not, oh, I can't do that. I can't preach. I can't teach. Mm, that's, I just can't. I just, ooh. And just, ooh. But that's, that's not giving an opportunity for God to show what he can do. That's us saying, I can't do it. I'm too scared. I'm too nervous. Whatever, fill in the blank. We could be afraid of failing. We could be afraid of what others might think. And we, there's a great example in the Bible of a great man. I think every single person in here would say this man's a great man, and that's Moses. And guess what? He almost blew it with God's gift for him. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3 real quick. Exodus chapter 3. All the way back. Almost to the beginning. Exodus chapter 3. We're going to use this as an example. I'm going to be hard on Moses today, which I would never do in real life, because he's, I would say I would never say anything bad about Moses to his face, because he's Moses. But for the example for us tonight, I'm going to use it in kind of a little disparaging way. But uh, Exodus chapter 3, drop down to verse number 10. So we know Moses has been out in the, in the desert. He's been taking care of his flocks, and all of a sudden he sees this burning bush, right? We know the story. This bush sits on fire, but it never burns up, never goes away. He's like, well, I'm going to go see what this is. And come to find out, God is there. And God tells him some things that he's supposed to do. So verse number 10 of chapter 3 says, Come now, therefore... And I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So he gives him a command. He's like, here's, here's this bush that's on fire. It won't go out. He goes to it, and God starts talking to him. Okay, so imagine you're just at your backyard, and one of your bushes are on fire. But it's not burning up. It's just continually on fire. And you go to it, and God starts talking to you. Okay, that's pretty amazing, right? Like, that's God. There's no doubt about it. So God says, all right, Moses, this is, I have a plan. We're getting our people out of Israel, out of Egypt. We're taking them out. And you're going to be the man to help me. And immediately, Moses says, in verse number 11, And Moses said unto God, Whoa, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? He says, and uh, so we'll stop there. He says, whoa, Lord, me? Who am I to go to Pharaoh, the, 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 the big kahuna, and tell him, you got to let these people go. Who am I? I can't do that, Lord. There's no way. Now, first already, we have a gift that God has given Moses. And we know that gift is leadership, first of all. 
And we know that just because we know the whole story. Moses is probably one of the greatest leaders ever live on this earth. But right now, he's afraid. And if it were up to him, that'd be it. He says, sorry, God, I can't go to Pharaoh. Who am I to do that? He's hoping God goes, ah, oh, yeah, you know what? Okay, fine, you're off the hook. You're right. Uh, you're, you're not ready. I guess you're just not the guy. I'll go find someone else. That, if, that was, if that was Moses, if that were me, and that's what I said, I'd be like, oh, phew. okay, got out of that one. Whew, glad, glad I don't have to do that. But imagine, if that, is that what happened? Moses would have missed who he was supposed to be. God had a plan for Moses. God knew who he was going to be. And Moses tried to fight it out of fear, out of fear of talking to the king and going to him and saying, you've got to let people go because God said so. But God did say he'd go with him. Verse number 12, he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that, that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. So God gives him a little encouragement. says, no, it'll be fine. I'll go with you. I promise I'll be there. I'm, burning, you know, I'm here talking to you. When this happens, when we're all done, and you'll serve me on this, this, this mountain. It's, gonna, it's a done deal, right? According to God, it's done. So Moses should be like, okay, God's going to be with me. It's going to be fine. I'm afraid. I don't think I can do it. But God is telling me this is his spiritual gift is this leadership. He's going to be able to do it. It's his, the plan for his life. Now, What's verse number 13 say? Right after, it'll be fine, I'm going with you. <laughs> Moses says unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, because he already took care of the Pharaoh problem, but when I come to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say unto me, What is his name, and what shall I say unto them? So he's, he's going, okay, you took care of the Pharaoh problem, but what about your people when I go to them? And they're like, yeah, right. They're not going to believe me. They're going to say, what's his name? What am I going to do then? Huh? So again, you have fear of, of the king and not being able to do what he's supposed to do. He has fear of his people. He's trying to get out of this so badly. You have children that ever try to get out of things that you want them to do, and you know the story, how the story ends, they're going to do it. And you give, they give all the excuses in the book on why they can't. Oh, do you, parents, do you love that word, can't? Can't, I can't. It's, it's impossible. I hear that one sometimes. I won't say which child says it, but they say, Impo- it's impossible. And two seconds later, we figure out how to do it. And weird, it's not impossible. But this is what Moses is doing. He's saying, he's trying to think of any way to get out of what God has for him. This is God's plan for his life. Again, we know how the story goes. We know how Moses does lead them out, and how through God's power, he is able to lead millions of people to a new, new place, across the desert, on feet, through bodies of water, sustained, pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. We know the story. We know it's, it's doable. But Moses, at this point, doesn't know that. And he's going, I can't, God. There's no way. This is, here's the reasons, here's the reasons. I just can't do it. Now let's go to chapter number four. Chapter number four. So God gives him a little more pep talk. And Moses just keeps, he just, he's really afraid of this. He's very scared. Moses, uh, Exodus chapter four, verse number one. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. So he's still trying third time, where God has given him numerous explanations and encouragements, and I'm going to be right with you the whole time. God speaking to me out of this burning bush, I'm going to be with you. It's going to be fine. I'm God. And Moses is like, Yeah, but 
I don't know. He's very afraid. The spirit of fear is definitely on him at this point. And he thinks, well, they're not going to believe me. So in the following verses, God goes, okay, fine, here. I'm going to give you a bunch of miracles you can perform. So if they don't believe you, you can say, okay, here are some things that I'm going to be able to help you do, and they'll have to believe you because you can't just do those on your own, whether it be making your rod into a, you know, a snake, picking it back up, putting your hand in your coat, it comes out leprous, put it back in, it comes out good. He gives them all these different things you can do to prove that you talk to me. Okay, so pretty good evidence and solid encouragement to say, okay, there's no reason now for sure that I should say as Moses, I'm still scared because God proved himself pretty well. So let's go down to verse number 10 here of Exodus chapter 4. So after all these miracles, he says, you can, you can do these things now. Verse 10, Moses said unto the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. So God gives them all these things. I can't go to Pharaoh. No, it's scary. I can't go to your people. They're not going to believe me. What am I going to do if they say I didn't talk to you? And God gives them all. The, he, every question he has, he, he answers. He reaffirms. And then he comes up with, you know what, God, I just can't. I'm not the, I can't do it. I am not eloquent. I cannot speak. I'm slow to tongue. I have a speech impediment. How can I lead people if I have a speech impediment? But we know, again, knowing the story, one of Moses' gifts was definitely leadership. Again, one of the best leaders to ever, if not the best leader besides Jesus on this earth. And we know he has that gift, but he's saying, I'm slow to speak. I'm not eloquent. I don't think I can do it. Moses is still afraid. Verse number 11. And so God tells him, he, says, Lord, and he gives him more, ex, more explanation on why he doesn't have to be afraid. Who made your tongue? Who made your mouth? It's me, God says. I've done all these things. Verse 12 says, Now go, therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. So God says, I'll tell you what to say. I will give you the words to say. You don't even have to think them up your own. You don't have to come up with great speeches you don't have to come up with any way to motivate. I'll tell you exactly the words to use. I mean, he's covered all the bases. And verse number 13, <laughs> Moses continues and says, And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him uh, whom thou wilt send. He basically says, God, please send some, anybody else but me. I can't. I can't. It's impossible. I can't do it. And that's what Moses says. After all these things that God answers him, Moses, at this point, is allowing fear to dominate his ability to do what God literally has made him to do. Now, none of us are going to lead millions of people from Sioux Falls to you know, New York. We're not going to walk across the country with people. None of us are going to be tasked to do that. But God has something just as important for you to do in your life where you live. And he has gifts that he has given you. He has skills and talents spiritually that he has given you. And there are things he wants you to do with them. There's things he wants me to do with all the things he's given us. And instead of being Moses, coming up with all these reasons why we can't, how we aren't as good enough, how we can't fulfill and maybe even do as good as he expects us to do, we need to understand the things that God promised Moses, those promises apply to us. God will go with you. The Holy Spirit is here now. Moses didn't have the Holy Spirit. You have one part of God with you all the time if you're saved. God goes with you everywhere. He will help you use the gifts that he has given you to fulfill the purpose he has. He's given you those gifts to use, 
to not let lie dormant. He's given you those gifts to serve him, to serve in this church, to help this church grow, to bring other people to him. But like Moses here, he was afraid. But we know he was God's chosen man. But if it were up to him, he, would have gotten, he wanted God to get somebody else to do, him, to do it. If he had his way right there, he said, please, get anybody else. And we can look at verse 14, how God responds. Uh, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He had enough. He had enough of Moses saying, no, 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 I'm afraid. No, I can't. And he gave Aaron to be his voice. And we see here the first part through the plagues. Aaron does a lot of talking. But once they're out of Egypt, Aaron doesn't do a whole lot of talking anymore. All of a sudden, Moses' slow, non-eloquent speech is just fine because he's been exercising that gift. He's been using that gift of leadership throughout all the plagues, leading his people, leading Israel, like God told him to do, using his gift. And all of a sudden, by the time they're out in the wilderness and now they're going to be around for 40 more plus years, Moses is the one that does all the talking. Moses is the one that everybody comes to. Remember the line of people that would come to him for advice and for counsel? He was the one doing all the leading because he started exercising that gift. He started using the gift that God gave him and exercising and using it, and he became more proficient at it. And God helped him to reach his potential with the gift that he had given him. And now he's leading millions of people with God's help, giving them advice, telling them what to go, where to go, what to eat, and they follow him. Now they complain because they're humans, and they murmur, but God gave him the ability and the gift of leadership And once he started using it and quit trying to say, I'm afraid I can't do it, all of a sudden, what do you know? He can do it because God gave it to him. We're that way. We look at the things in our life that we have gifts and the power that we're supposed to do. As Christians, there are things, again, in your life that are just as important to God as they were for Moses in his time. And God expects us to use them, but we come up with excuses on why we can't or why we can't do it enough or why we don't do more, or what are the things, whatever the reasons are, we can't do it. And our gifts, they start to atrophy. But once you start jumping in, once you start doing, once you start performing and working and serving, not for your own glory, but for God's, and doing the things that God has given you the abilities to do, all of a sudden you become better at them. You just do, because that's what God gave them to us. And he continues, if you want to go back to Timothy again, we're done here in Exodus, If you go back to Timothy, the second part of verse number 7. So he tells us, first part, for God has given us a a spirit of fear, right, which is what Moses was showing and what we do a lot of times, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God has given us power. God has given you power. It's called the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. You have the power of God on your side. But you have to enact it. You have to enable it. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to power you. You have to to engage in it. It doesn't just happen. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you. That happens. That's automatic. But being power-filled by the Holy Spirit, that's not automatic. That takes work. That takes effort. That takes desire on our part. If you want to see the skills and the gifts that God has given you develop, which we all should, We all should, as I did, as I mentioned at the very beginning, take a time where you self-examine yourself. Look at yourself and the gifts that God has given you, the, the things that God has blessed you with, the skills and talents you have spiritually that God has given you. And when you find out what those are, 
exercise them. Use them. Don't let them sit on the wayside. Don't let them sit on the bench. Take them off the bench. Put them in the game. Use those gifts. Use those skills. The best place to use those is right here. If you're a member of this church, this is the very first place you should start using those skills. You should hone those skills, hone those gifts. Use them for God's glory too. We want to see this church grow. We want to see more people here that know Jesus as their Savior. More family that we can bring into these pews. More people that we can grow and touch lives and help people. Help them to become more like Christ as we try to do that ourselves. If we're not using our gifts as a church, if there's only a handful of people out here that are using their gifts and doing what God wants them to do and exercising those, we're kind of walking around with, you know, with a crutch. But if we all get on board, if every saved individual finds their gifts and starts exercising them and using them for God's glory, this church, man, there's no limit to what we can do with God's help. But we've got to exercise those. We can't sit in the back row, no offense, I'm not saying back row physically, Miss Pam, that's okay, I'm talking to you. She's giving me a bad look. Uh, God doesn't want us to sit on the bench. He wants us to use those things. He wants us to get out and do something with them. Don't squander them. Don't bury them in that field like that servant did. Use them. Be willing and ready to go and use the gifts that he has given us. We, again, we saw Moses become a great leader. We knew Moses was capable the whole time because we have this whole story. And the more he exercised his gift, the better he became at using it for God's glory. And that's the goal we should have. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy, stir up that gift. Remember what you have and then use it. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear keep you back. If you get asked to do something, I'm just going to say it, pastor's not here. If you get asked to do something by pastor, you should seriously, seriously, seriously consider just saying yes. Because he's asking you because he has confidence that whatever it is he's asking you to do, you probably can do it. He wouldn't ask you if he didn't think you were he, that you were capable so if he asks you to do something, I'm not saying to say yes immediately, you should pray about it, but probably say yes, because it's an opportunity for you to use a gift and exercise it and grow it and become closer to God, become more like Christ by using the gifts that he gives us. So in conclusion, remember, God has given you gifts to every single one of us. He's given gifts to every saved individual. You have a, at least one if not many, spiritual gifts. He expects you to use them. He doesn't expect you to keep them in your back pocket and just sit on them. He expects you to exercise that gift often, as much as possible, as much as possible. Don't let fear prevent you from using those gifts. Don't, we're really good at rationalizing why we can't do things. Anybody else have the inner monologue in your head whenever something comes up and you're like, okay, how do I get it? One, how do I tell my boss or whoever, my wife, I can't do this? I never tell my wife I can't do it. I always say yes. But how do I, how do I you know, rationalize to them? And then after that, you have to rationalize to yourself. Right? That's a conversation you don't have with your spouse probably. You just, it's your inner monologue. It's you convincing yourself, I did the right thing. Yeah. No, that's probably, yeah. No, definitely. You did the right thing. Yeah, I, there's no way I could do that. Right. Because I have this and this and this to do, so I wouldn't have time to do that. Right. No. I wouldn't have time to do that. So if I said yes, I probably wouldn't do as good of a job because I just don't have the time. Exactly. So you made the right choice by saying no. That was, it sounds like it was a really well-rehearsed thing, like I've done that before. Huh, that's weird. It's probably just me. None of you have ever done that before. 
Don't let fear prevent you from doing what God has for you to do. Don't let fear of whatever it may be prevent you from exercising the gifts God has given you. And then lastly, overcome that fear with the power God has available to all Christians. Again, the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We have the Holy Spirit, God himself, living with us everywhere we go, every morning, every night, every afternoon, good times, bad times, sad times. God is with you. He wouldn't have given you gifts if he didn't expect you to use them or if he didn't think you'd be good at it. Just like with Moses. Moses, God knew Moses was a leader. He made him that way. Moses didn't think he was a leader, but God knew he was. God knows you are what you are. He made you that way. On purpose, even with all the choices you've made in your life, good or bad, God knew you would do that. God knew who you'd be here now, and he knew what you would be because he made you that way. Now, we need to get in line with why God made us the way we made us and use the things he made us the way he wants us to. So as I challenge you tonight, as I finish up, and we will take some time to pray here, I challenge you to, again, self-examine yourself. Find out what you think your gifts are, what God has given you with your gifts. And there are many scriptures you can go to to help you, and I'd be more than happy to give those to you if you're not familiar. Google's also really good at answering most questions, so uh, you can find the answers there as well. Find out what your gifts are. Pray about them. And then ask God to show you how you can use them here. If you already know your gifts and you're already using them, ask God to push you. Right, Carlos? When we want to get gains, we put more weight on the bar. More than we can probably handle. So now we can't do 10 reps. We can only do two. But if you keep pushing and keep adding and keep adding, you get stronger and stronger. Same principle applies here with your spiritual gifts. The more you use them, the more you push yourself, the more you get outside of your comfort zone a little bit, the more God will use you, the more God will exercise those gifts. I'll pray, and then we'll take uh, some time here to pray together. Father, thank you for this night. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for the truths of the Bible. Thank you for the challenges that you present to us, Lord. Thank you for the never-ending truth that is truth all the time, always, no matter what. Lord, we pray that you help us here as Christians to recognize the gifts that we have that you've bestowed upon us, And that we would be willing to exercise those and use those for your service. Help us to see the things that you've provided us and help us be willing to go out and and serve you with them, Lord. Again, I pray as pastor is away. Lord, I pray to keep him safe, give him a well-rested time. Bless the next few minutes as we pray. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.